On this episode of Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge Podcast from Scoop News Group, embracing innovation even when it's increasingly difficult to do so. This is Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge Podcast. Every other Tuesday, we dive deep with decision makers on what's next in higher education, IT, and online learning. I'm your host, Jake Williams. It's a time of a lot of challenges for higher education CIOs. In most places, enrollment is either declining or stagnant, which leads to budgetary challenges. Budgetary challenges mean that prioritizing and advancing things like cybersecurity become all the more difficult, not to mention embracing concepts of innovation and emerging technology are harder than ever. Sabi Varach is the CIO and CISO at Clackamas Community College in Oregon. He tells me about how he balances those challenges with opportunities for innovation. So the information security is definitely interesting piece, part of my toolkit, which I need to keep sharpening all the time. But in terms of innovating and keeping the lights on, what I am seeing is there is so much demand from IT services, but with losing kids, you know, we we are not getting kids into the schools, into the colleges. That pipeline is basically draining out. So that is affecting the budgets right now. So that makes it really challenging to hire or ask for funding for new initiatives. At the same time, you have been asked to provide so much additional services in the last two years, right? Everybody's, most of the folks have been remote. Many of them are staying remote, although we are coming back. So how do you keep that balance is always a challenging piece. The big one is information security. You know, the, the attacks on education sector. In the last two years, I think I was, I was reading somewhere, it's like 200, 300, 20% or more. We haven't added more resources to our information security team, or let alone, I, I talk to many CIOs, they don't have information security person in their team. So the big piece right now we're juggling is how can we keep the college safe at the same time, try to look for those small wins, those small opportunities to innovate. If I'm looking into the future, maybe, you know, how can we start doing a proof of concept for automation? How can we do a proof of concept for chatbots, which are going to take some of that load off? So we're we're taking that one st- small step at a time. And when you're when you're doing things like that, right? When you're when you're working on a proof of concept, you know, obviously the 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 purpose is in the name, right? You're trying to prove yeah. out the the idea of what you're doing. But even before yeah. that, uh, you know. When you're you're trying to keep those lights on, you're you're approaching things like you know legacy and aging technology. You're approaching things like uh, you know uh, people and 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 the, the perception probably inside the organization that yeah. that you're just the the guy to fix the computer. Uh, you know <laughs> where are you at in that sort of that conceptual approach to the work? Um, yeah. and how are you advocating for yourself and advocating for your work across the the college? Yeah, it's it's very interesting. You know, the role of a CIO is always like, uh, I go to a leadership meeting, it's like, oh, you are the guy who fixes my computer. Absolutely. Yes, I can do that too. But I have other things which I do. So one of the things which I have been doing, I joined Clackamas Community College, I would say about two and a half years ago. And one of the big things which I started doing was starting meeting with my partners on the instructional side, the deans of academic affairs, the dean of instructions, the dean of this and that, right? So I have a monthly check-in with them. And that one-on-one check-in, you, you need to put it on the calendar. Everybody's busy. And if you think you're going to schedule that and you will be able to do that, it's, it's tough. So one thing, my goal every year is to schedule that for the whole year. And if, and if our 
if there is a conflict, we I always try to move it around. And then have that conversation with that partner, our partner saying, here are some of the initiatives which we are working on, right? Okay, even before going there, my first question to them is, how can I help? What is going on? Where are you having the pain points? How is my team doing? Where are you feeling that pain? How can we improve that small things? So that's a, that's a conversation which opens up and makes the other people, a person comfortable saying, okay, you know, we, we're not here to finger point anything and, and uh, saying you're not doing or you're not doing. It's like, let's figure out things together. What is going on? How can we work together? How can we collaborate and improve our services one small step at a time? And that opens up the dialogue and, you know, uh, talks about some of the initiatives which they are working on, which I get a little bit visibility and said, okay, these are things we should be ready as IT. And then the other things which I talk about is here are the some of the initiatives which are, we are working on, whether that's multi-factor authentication, whether, uh, whether that's uh, automation, whether that's we are, up, uh, we are in the process of improving our student information system, and then asking for help saying, I need your help in this thing. Can you be my champion? If I bring this proposal to leadership cabinet, I want your backing. I want your support. Can you be my voice? So that relationship goes long ways in looking at these initiatives and, and bringing those in front of uh, our partners. Yeah, I think the the relationships piece is is so key. Um, yeah. And what you know, so so we're having this conversation because you're one of the winners of the Ed Scoop Fifty Awards. Uh, the the person who nominated you in their in their submission talked about you creating and and sort of spearheading the information security roadmap uh, for the the college. And and I would imagine that that quite a lot of that is doing exactly what you just said, right? Building those partnerships, making sure people understand. Uh, the importance of this. Tell me a little bit about that process. Tell me a little bit yeah. more about sort of building up that that cybersecurity operation at the college. Absolutely. Yeah. So interesting piece is we don't have any information security person at the college. I have been advocating that. But one of the things which I wanted to make clear was uh, provide direction to the team, because that's the first role of any leader is to provide that vision, to provide that roadmap saying, this is where we're going and these are the steps which we need to take. So very quickly, we uh, partnered up with InfoTech Research Group, ITRG, um, and they provided us with templates. There are many frameworks out there. NIST is there. So there are many other frameworks, but what InfoTech Research Group does is it grabs all those frameworks and gives you um, a standard framework which, which you can use. The first conversation was with the business. What are your priorities? What's your risk appetite level? I don't want to uh, come up with my roadmap on my own, not understanding what, what the risk appetite is. Hey, what's more important for you? A website being hacked or your student information system get hacked? Uh, attacked, your email got hijacked? What is your risk appetite? So that was the first conversation which we started. And then eventually, based on that, we within the team, we worked on uh, where do we want to go? Right. Uh, but where are we right now? So we did this assessment with a with the Excel spreadsheet. We came to this this uh, with this uh, number that we need to be at three point two in the maturity level, zero to five. Right. And where are we right now? We are at two point four. Okay, we are not that far. Right. Uh, now to get to to two point four to three point two maturity level, what are the different initiatives which we have to do? 
So we outlined about 46 different initiatives, which we need to do to reach to that 3.2 maturity level. I'm not even talking about five. The next step was, okay, to reach to that 3.2 maturity level, what are the resources which we need? What is the money which we need? So we needed about, I will say 2.8 or $2.6 million. And we need five bodies to get that work done. Okay, now, Great, that's great. Now let's prioritize these 46 initiatives. So we prioritize these in different waves. Wave zero, wave one, wave two, wave three, wave four. Wave zero, what are the things which you're already doing? Let's continue to do that as part of these initiatives. What is wave one? These must be done, right? There's no way, there must be compliance, there's laws, BCI compliance, HIPAA, FARPA, anything related to that initiatives, we definitely must do it. Then should do it, could do it and then don't do it because the return on investment on those level fours is, is way beyond. Like you want to spend millions of dollars to buy a Ferrari, I need a Honda. That's about it, right? So that's where we went. And interesting piece is we actually went in front of the board and I did a presentation and said, okay, this is what I need. This is what we need. That's what college needs, right? It's, it's information security is just not my job. It's my president's job. It's my VP's job, it's my uh, student's job, it's my every employee's job. So this is the amount which we need and this is the number of people we need, could you help us? So that that was the background on building this information security roadmap. What goes into your mind as a leader, right? As, as the person who's, who's responsible for making this happen, what goes into your mind as a leader to make those prioritization decisions? How are you, uh, how are you deciding you know, that, that, okay, we have this amount of money, we have, you know, no additional help, like, how do we get from here to there? How do we make sure that everything's secure in an era where, you know, you have attacks coming constantly? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the, there are two, three factors which come into the play. The very first factor is, what is my team's capacity? I, I can't be doing, I can't be adding more onto that when they don't have any capacity to do additional work. So one of the things which, which I'm big on is portfolio management. And in terms of portfolio management is, what are your run and maintain jobs which you do on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis? And look at and ask my team, could you put that in an in, in Excel spreadsheet so that we can put it in our portfolio management system? That gives us an idea saying, okay, uh, traditionally in any organization, run and maintain is 60 to 80% of what any organization do. So that's what I did with my team, looking at their portfolio, their work, run and maintain. And we are actually at 95% of run and maintain. So that means the only capacity left is 5% to do take on these additional initiatives. And that's why we asked for that additional uh, folks to help us with that. Okay, that's the first thing. Next criteria comes in is we, are, uh, we need cybersecurity insurance. Who doesn't need it, right? And then there are some mandates which keep changing every year. They say, you need to start doing this. You need to start doing this. You need to start doing this. We, we won't give you cybersecurity insurance if you don't implement 10 things in the next three weeks. Now, that is super crazy. So what we're trying to do is we try to anticipate what are some of the things which cybersecurity insurance provider is going to be asking for and how can we be, we be proactive in getting some of those things done, right? making sure you're doing the, your phishing simulations, make, making sure you're, you're educating your employees and students. 
making sure there are no administrative rights across the creek. You know, that's that's that was a huge thing when I joined college. Everything was open. Everybody had admin rights. We had like every student had admin rights. And that gave me like sleepless nights. So like, how is that even possible? But education is a different animal altogether. So we worked on on reducing those administrative rights. Um, MFA, as I mentioned, that was a huge one. So these are the things which we look at and work on prioritizing, okay, saying these are our high priority things and some of the things we can delay. So tell me a little bit about your approach to the workforce, about that talent pipeline and, and some of the yeah. ways that you're using the uniqueness of being an educational institution to, to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So we have something called CWE students. These are the students who are taking a course here at the college and they need some working hours. So we have this partnership with our business and computer science department saying, if you if you have folks who need that, we can provide them that work experience here within the college. So at least we can provide and start training them and identifying some key folks which we can then hire as those positions open up. That's one piece. Uh, second piece is I'm big proponent of um, training our workforce, whether that's through uh, uh, educational resources, trainings, conferences, and whatnot. We have limited budget. So one of the tool set which we use is called Association of Computing Machinery. And they have tie up with Skillsoft, which provides these online trainings and online books and access to all these resources. So that's in there. We also have a professional development fund. I asked my team members to, to build their professional development plan. What do they want? Where do they want to go? And many of the folks which I'm seeing is like, I want to complete my bachelor's degree. I want to go and get a certification in cybersecurity. Absolutely. Let's figure out, put that on your professional development plan. Let's figure out a way to make it happen. That's where we can partner up and ask for more funding for training. Maybe, you know, there is some grant money which is available. Maybe there is HR money which is available, which we can utilize. So that's where we help to try to attract talent at college and also try to retain them as well and provide them opportunities to grow. As you look ahead to the next year, right? You said you've been at the job about two and a half years. As you look ahead for the next year, I mean, what are your... Uh, what are your primary focuses? What are the the things that are top of mind for you as you head into the next yeah. year? What do you want to get done next time we talk? Yeah, absolutely. I have five things on my priority list and that I share with all my, it's a one pager, makes it easier to folks to understand and uh, and provide focus as well. Saying, okay, that's, that's the five things which you're focusing on. Number one is we have a student information system and ERP system we need to start looking at cloud transformation for that. We have some aging population here in, in the team which may not be able to support it in the near future. So how can we continue to support that when it's not on-premise but in the cloud and reduce our the customizations? We have done customizations to the depth. Right? That's our number one. Number two is information security, as I mentioned. That's always there, always going to be there. That's my initiative. Number three is automation. How can I put some automation in some of the tools, uh, some of the processes basically, which are so labor intensive. So we're doing a proof of concept for that. And maybe that will help us to continue to uh, increase some more automation in there. Number three is, uh, number four is our aging infrastructure. We have some wireless access points that need to be refreshed. 
we have some um, servers that need to be refreshed. We have some uh, network gear that need to be refreshed. How can we put that in there? Number four, number five is continuously improving, continuous learning. So one of the one of the initiatives in that is maturity of my service desk. How are we doing that? Where are we? What are some of the things which we can do? What metrics are we using? Are we are we closing tickets? What expectation we have? What service level agreements have we we have with our uh, business partners here? So those are my top five initiatives which I'm looking for the next year. Sabi Varach, the CIO and CISO at Clackamas Community College in Oregon. You can read more about him at edscoop.com and in links in today's show notes. The Cutting Edge Podcast is available at cuttingedgepodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This show is a Scoop News Group production. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help make it happen, and the entire team contributes. Until next time, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.